the kingdom of God. I, one of those ingredients the Bible says the kingdom of God is, is joy. Yes. And uh, sometimes I do say that I've got the joy, 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 joy. <laughs> Take it away, Chris. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. Well, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this day you've given us to glorify you, to praise the Lamb of God, and to do the things that you've called us to do starting off with just snuggling up with you. Lord, thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding, the ears that we can hear, the heart that we'll know exactly that we've been with you and what you've breathed into us. We'll give you the praise and glory in advance. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, this message today, which is titled, How Progressive Are You?, uh, is uh, intended to do several things. Number one, we're going to look at some biblical prophecies that have not yet been fulfilled. Number two, we're going to define the term progressive so we have a proper perspective on what it means. Number three, we're going to give examples of how this plays out in our lives as Christians and how it lines up with the Bible. Then we're going to talk about the wisdom of God and how His grace empowers us to apply the kingdom principles, as we walk in the middle of the current stress on our lives as behaviors, as we walk in the cosmos. That's the world that uh, Jesus gave himself for. Praise God. Let's start off and take a look at Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Please keep in mind two important things while we're going over this chapter. And we're going to run through it fairly fast. We did this a few months ago. We're going to run through this fairly fast, but I just think it's a, it's a foundational setting to where we're springboarding from. Two things. Number one, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's not talking to the lost. He's not talking to just a group of people. He's not out preaching somewhere on the mountaintop. He's talking to his disciples. Number two, just watch the chronological order of what Jesus is saying, okay? Step one, two, three, four, five, so forth like that, as it's laid out in the Word. Starting with Matthew 24, 3. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? If you want to know what that setting was a little more in detail, read Matthew 22 or 23, or 19 and 18, and 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Just go ahead, get in. Get soaked real good. Verse 4, Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you. Sign of the end times. Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming, I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Okay, is he speaking to disciples? He's saying, disciples, don't you be alarmed. Wars and rumors of wars. Anybody heard of a war recently? And there's wars that... Um, <laughs> that we, some of us may not have even heard of. It just came out the last couple of 
well, actually about the last 24 hours. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Okay? It ain't over yet. I won't sing about the fat lady that sings, but anyway. <laughs> Verse 7. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning, the beginning of birth pains. Verse 9, then you will be handed over to be persecuted. King James says afflicted. New American Standard says tribulation. Those words are all basically the same Greek word. and They use them uh, one, one place, one time. It'll be translated one word, and the next time you see it, it'll be translated something else. Same Greek word, and all three of those translations are actually good. They'll be ha- you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated of all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. False prophet's no prophet at all. They're a liar. Verse 12, because of the increase of wickedness, The New American says, because the increase of lawlessness. Hmm. Anybody heard of that recently? Can I be honest this morning? I did a study on this about 10 days ago because I was communicating with a guy back and forth. Took out the, uh, and I, I looked all this up in good sources, took the 100 most populous cities in America, the 100 most populous cities in America, and took and compared them by the, their number uh, per capita of homicides. So, you know, the, the larger cities had to have more to stay on the same level. The smaller cities had to have fewer to stay on the same level. But out of that hundred, took the top ten. Okay? I found one thing that was in every one of them. A Democrat mayor. Because the defund police movement is moving through that. Now, some of you may get a little itchy this morning. That's okay. Go ahead and scratch. But that's the truth. And, you know, I don't go political, but I go truthful. And we need to know what's going on and we need to look at these things that are causing because defunding the police doesn't work. It opens the door. Have you seen what's going on in Chicago? See what's going on in some of these West Coast cities like San Francisco? It's horrible. It's horrible. People murdered, killed, stores robbed. All kinds of businesses are closing out, leaving the cities. Because why? It's okay on the West Coast. As long as you don't steal $1,000 worth, you can keep whatever you steal. 17 Walgreens closed down in San Francisco. What about the people that need prescriptions? We need to look a little deeper on some of these things and let the conviction of the Holy Spirit let us rise up and be outspoken about it. We don't need to be mean or angry. We just need to tell the truth. Moving right along. Again, verse 12, because of the increase of wickedness or lawlessness, the love of most will grow cold. But whoever stands firm to the end will be saved. 
Whoever stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Verse 15, so when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in the winter or on the Sabbath. Verse 21, for then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. He's speaking to the disciples. They're still there. If, if those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, the Christians, those days will be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, look here is Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you ahead of time. Verse 26, so if anyone tells you, there he is out in the wilderness, do not go out. Or here he is and in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. Immediately, verse 29 says, after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the peoples of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect, his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. This is the rapture time. Now learn this season, this lesson, I'm sorry, from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know the summer's near. Verse 33, even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near right at the door. Surely I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will never pass away. Verse 36. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. He's speaking as Jesus, the man here, of course. Verse 37. As it was in the days of Noah, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. For the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how, because everybody's going to leave at that time. This is how it will be coming at, at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. One goes to heaven and sits at the judgment seat of Christ to receive rewards. The other one goes to the great throne, the great white throne of judgment to receive 
everlasting punishment. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken, one left. Two women will be grinding with the handmill, one will be taken at the other left. Verse 42, therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day the Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch, would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Verse 45, who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in the household to give him their food at the proper time? Verse 46, it will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Very emphatic there. Verse 47, truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions, but suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master's staying away a long time, and then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. Surely there's not any of that going on anywhere. There's people being beaten up all over the globe. Some of it's religious persecution. Some of it's in mobs, all kinds of things. Some of the atrociousness I read on a daily basis about homicides and beatings and old people being mugged and young people dying and all these things right here in this country. Oh my gosh. Verse 51, he will cut him to pieces and assign him with a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Chapter 25 goes, at the time the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. So it's all uh, either in chronological order or it's all, this all happens basically at one time. If it's within an hour or a day or a week, it all happens simultaneously, basically. So lots of things going on in the cosmos today. Well, there's some questions about today going on in the world. And I think it's obvious that one of three things is happening. We are in the very end times of the end times. You know, the end times have been going on for 2,000 years. Okay. But we're in the end of the end. Or, number two, we're going back into dark ages. Listen to anybody talk about AI, you know what we're talking about there. Or number three, it could be revival. Hey, a revival like Hezekiah did. He said, Lord, don't take me away yet. Give me some more time here. And he gave him 15 more years. He could give us five or he could give us 50 or 100 or whatever. I don't know. So there are certain things that we can't change God's mind on, but there are certain things we can have an influence to him if we cry out to him. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and repent of their wicked ways. He didn't say if the world comes to me. Mm -hmm. Say it again. Say it again. Amen. So who's the responsibility? It, how about the financial stuff's going on in the world today? Inflation, failures, bank fa second biggest bank fail ever. Jobs, open borders. We're getting more fentanyl in from across the borders 
that it has raised the death of young people to number one cause of death and all. Made in China, coming across the Rio Grande Valley. Green energy versus energy independence, confusion, bickering back and forth. The growth of China and Russia and other countries ganging together to make an evil alliance. The defund the police, I've already shared on that. Gender confusion. Uh, I think it's the worst thing that's ever hit this country. I'm going to be sharing on it next week. Gender confusion. And, oh, yeah, what are we doing for the next generation? What are we preparing young people today? What do young people today have to look forward to that's better than what you and I had to look forward to? Mm -hmm, That's a challenge. God doesn't do lesser things. He does better things if his people who are called by his name will repent of their evil, wicked things. Then he'll hear from heaven. Oh, praise God. 2 Chronicles 7.14, if you want to look that up. In the midst of all this, there's a new Christian thing rising up and proclaiming all sorts of doctrines that a lot of people have never heard of before. So is this another reformation? Or is it in agreement with what we just read in Matthew 24? That's what we're going to talk about today. So I now ask you the question, how progressive are you? First of all, let's look at the word progressive. Because if we don't know what we're talking about, how can we identify with it or good, bad, or indifferent? I have a, a reprint of Noah Webster's 1824 dictionary. And I looked up the word progressive. Okay. Moving forward, proceeding onward, advancing as progressive motion or course, opposed to retrograde. In other words, they're opposed to going backwards. Okay? Now, let's go forward to the Merriam-Webster's 7th edition collegiate dictionary. There were several printings of this uh, back in the 60s and the early 70s. I remember it well because that's the dictionary I got to take to college with me. Didn't read all of it. Somebody said, yeah, I can tell. (laughs) Also, number two meaning, improving the arts in a progressive state. I'm sorry, that's Noah Webster. Back, Okay, I haven't read... Merriam-Webster, 7th edition yet. Now I'll read it, okay? Of or relating to or constituting an educational theory marked by emphasis on the individual child, informality on classroom procedure, and encouragement of self-expression. Now what does that mean, self-expression? It means a lot of things. See, again, we need to be able to focus on the meaning of words rather than just throw something out there. Because I can say something and one person will think it's this and another person will think it's that. One of the things, this is a little side trip, we're watching how much a word can change over time, an English word. That's the reason we go back to the Greek and the Hebrew a lot. Number two, 
of or relating to or characterized by progression. Wow, that's really deep. <laughs> Number three, moving forward or onward. They stole that one from Noah. Advancing. Number four, increasing in extent or severity like a disease. Also by then it became a noun. So people were called progressives. You're progressive. Now, let's go to the current reading for progressive. This is, uh, I got it offline with the, it's the Oxford Dictionary. Number one, happening or developing gradually or in stages, proceeding step by step like a progressive decline in popularity. Notice how it's starting to go negative. Similar, continuing, continuous, increasing, growing, developing, ongoing, intensifying, accelerating, escalating, gradual, step-by-step, -step, cumulative. Of a disease or ailment, increasing in severity or extent, such as progressive liver failure, or... A <laughs> Everybody loves this one. Or if taxation or a tax increasing as a proportion of the sum taxed as that sum increases. Steeply progressive income taxes. In other words, if you make this amount of money, you pay a certain percent. But if you make this, everything over that last one is higher. Uh, meaning number two. Where did this one come from? In the last 50 years, favoring or implementing social reform or new liberal ideas, favoring or promoting change or innovation, a progressive art school. Okay, please keep in mind two things here. The change in the way that word is defined, I guess you might say the way the word defines itself at the time in history. Yeah. Number two, this word as well as many, many others held by the world around us is very different today. So we cannot rely on words that others, especially those with certain agendas, might actually mean. They use their meanings hoping to slide you into their plan, a.k.a. the Trojan horse. There's a movement within the church, but it's not really within the church. They claim to be. It is, in fact, a Christian cult, which is like the Jehovah Witnesses, the Mormons, that are not Christian at all. This is one of the schemes about what the Bible warns us about. 2 Corinthians 2.10, just a couple verses here. Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive... I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. So we know that he moves through people not forgiving others. We cannot hold these people, many of whom may be good intended. I, I spent almost two hours with a young Mormon guy last week that has great intentions a good young man, he's just skewed in his head. I want to make it clear that I understood that Jesus was not a brother of Lucifer. 
like he thinks there are. But he, we, we spent two hours together. And he just he knocked on my door trying to sell bug spray. And that's what happens when you have an opportunity. Okay? I started off telling him about Daniel Boone. I said, I'm sure you've never heard of him because anybody below 40 hasn't had history. And, you know, they don't teach history in school anymore. And sure enough, he hadn't. So I went and got my replica Daniel Boone knife. And I got, <laughs> I don't tell you, it's scary. <laughs> it was on a <clears throat> board. <laughs> uh, I got my 1935 Daniel Boone solid silver American minted uh, half dollar and a little plastic container, let him look at that. Then I told him about when my wife and I went to Daniel Boone's last house that he built along with his youngest son in a place in Missouri, and Teresa used to hate the name of the county. The name of the county is Defiance. She says, <laughs> well, when he went there, it didn't have a name. It wasn't a county. <laughs> so, you know, anyway, then we, then I just, after we talked and everything, and I was kind of lulling down, I said, how do you stand with Jesus Christ today? I didn't mince around. I didn't beat around the bush, but I'd established a rapport with him, Okay. So we had, we were, you know, had agreed on some things and he realized that he may learn something from me. In fact, he told me later on, he said, you know, I went out on mission three years and I, I, I really didn't do it right. I talked too much and didn't listen enough. He said, I'm listening today. Now, if that's not the Holy Spirit going, let's get that tuned a little bit better. Amen. And so, I don't know, he, he made a commitment to come back and see me. I, you know, I, I don't really know. He's got my name and phone number and my house and address and where I am. And I happen to have the name of where he works. Because <laughs> I did buy service from him. He was the best one came by yet. <laughs> a divine opportunity a couple weeks before that, I had a couple of Jehovah Witnesses. Now, I actually asked them to leave because it got, it was just, you're beating your head against the wall. I'm not saying all JWs are that way. That particular people, they weren't bad people as far as what we would think about meeting and talking to people. They're just adamant in false doctrines and the doctrines of demons. They, they're the ones that say that Jesus was Michael, the archangel. Well, how can he be coming from Michael, the archangel, when everything was made by him, when there's nothing that is made that wasn't made by him? Colossians is real straight on that one. Folks, these people come with a smile. They left their red suit with the long tail with the fork on the end of it and the horns at home. This Mormon young man was sharp. Um, I, uh, he was 23. and He'd been on a mission field three years after he had gotten out of high school. That's, that normally I think they take two anyway. But I had an opportunity to share truth with him, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the one who paid for our sins by dying on the cross, the one who was put in the grave, and the one who rose from the dead never to die again. Oh my goodness, such tremendous news that so many people just... Now some people coming in and try to take the truth, and pervert it for their own purposes. Also, Ephesians 6, put on the full armor of God 
so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. I love that one. Pastor Corey, when he was here, gave me a Ephesians 6, uh, the little each one of the um, pieces of our armor. I've got it in my office in there. If you want to come look at it sometime, please do. Uh, one for each one, one for the Bible verse. Praise God. Let me give you an idea of what it's like to be a progressive Christian. And I took this information right off websites of progressive Christians, okay? Is that okay? Yeah. So I'm not just making it up is what I'm saying. These are people that espouse these beliefs. Uh, there's one church here in Oklahoma City. I'm not going to give them credence by giving their name. That if you look under what we believe on their website, they list the Apostles' Creed. Well, that's good, right? It's okay to say yes. It's not a trick question. It's good. Okay. <laughs> Scroll down a little bit further and you'll hear this statement or you'll read this statement. We are an open and affirming church and embrace the LGBTQ family. We publicly and lovingly welcome everyone as they are to join our community. Now, that may sound pretty nice. Like we're inviting, you know, homosexuals, lesbians, uh, transsexuals, everybody, you know, you think of. But when they say affirming, that means they affirm what they believe. And when they say embrace, that means that they take, uh, that their behavior is okay. Not my Bible. And then when they say everyone is welcome as they are to join our community. Now, I want to make it real clear. We will show the love of Jesus Christ to anybody that walks in that door. No doubt about it. But we're not going to consider them a member of this church when they're involved not only in wrecking their own life, but in influencing wrecking the lives of other people. We have to realize that this is detrimental to the life of the church, especially the young people that are coming up. And I'll share more on this next week, like I said. That's just one area of progressive Christianity. There's one young guy, he's 30 years of age. He, he went to, um, he's all over the internet. He's got 3 million followers. When COVID came in, he jumped right on the internet. And he does, like several of these do, they don't actually assemble. They meet on the internet Sunday mornings. And he put together, he went to Moody Bible Institute, which is a well-known Christian Bible college. And that school did outreaches to the gay community at night. They'd go get them, try to take them home safely, and preach the gospel to them. Okay? Preach the gospel to them. The word he used was proselyte. But he didn't do that. He said, and I'll, I'll read it in a minute. He said, I didn't see sin, I saw brokenness. What's a better definition of sin? I didn't see the black wall. I just saw every color you can put together on it. <laughs> that, 
That is, <clears throat> anyway, you've got it. Rolling Stone says about him, Robertson is spreading the good word of an inclusive modern gospel. Obviously another gospel. Galatians 1.6, it's been a few minutes there. Galatians 1.6. I am, Paul writing, of course, I am astonished that you so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion uh-huh, and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Paul doesn't beat around the bush. <laughs> but even if we are an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let that person be under God's curse. That's serious. Verse 9, as we've already said, so now I say again, again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let that person be under God's curse. <laughs> he wants to make sure we got it. Two times in the same place. Verse 10, am I now trying to win human approval or God's approval? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Yeah, great place to say amen. There's only one gospel. One God, one son, one spirit, one church, one body of believers, one Bible. One. He's, this guy is called, his name is Brandon Robertson. He's called the TikTok pastor because that's where he got his kickoff. If you've got a young person in your home that's on TikTok, or if you're on TikTok, let me know, I'll cast the devil out of you in a minute. I mean, it's, there's just too much there. Again, quoting Rolling Stone magazine. In just 60 seconds of airtime, Robertson debunked the clobber passages, i.e. the verses of the Bible that have been interpreted as a condemnation of homosexuality, but were actually, he agrees, referring to the sexual practices of pagan idol worship. We'll cover that next week too. I'll address it. That's bull stuff. You thought I was going to say it, did you, Chris? <laughs> it's baloney. B-U-L-L-O-N-E-Y, baloney. <laughs> that people would say something like that when it's evident to your face without you having to look at the Bible. A pastor later helped pay for his expenses at Chicago's Moody Bible Institute, where it was practiced for students to venture into the historic gay neighborhood of Boys Town at 1 a.m. to proselytize. The guise was you would find drunk gays and help them get home safely, and in so doing, also have an opportunity to share the gospel with them. Now, I'm fine 
outreaches. I'm fine outreaches to gays. But if they're drunk, I don't know about that, but that's, that's their business. Uh, I want people to have to be half sober anyway. Robertson says, but instead of seeing sin, he saw something else. It was brokenness. It was people celebrating who they were. Celebrating sin in brokenness. Folks, we don't need to celebrate people in sin. Wages of sin is... Amen. There's no celebration there. The celebration is newness of life in Christ Jesus. And that's what we all need, and that's what we all need to hold dear to, and that's what we need to share with other people. Somebody that's drunk all the time has a problem. I know. I can testify. And I can also testify by the power of God that removes you out of that situation. If you call upon his name and you ask him, he will deliver you, praise God. Amen. And he delivers those out of homosexuality. And I know it's, it's a tough thing for a lot of people. But I've heard things like, well, I prayed, asked God to take that away from me, and he didn't do it. I prayed and asked God to not have that desire anymore, and he didn't do it, so it must be okay. Who's your God right now? Self. Frank Turek has a class that I'm taking right now. It's a life's compass. And he puts you in an illustration out in the forest. You got there, but you're not sure how to get out of there. You only have one thing with you that might help. It's a magnetic compass that has north, east, south, and west on it. So you pull that compass out. You need to know how to get out of this place. You need leadership. So what are you going to do? Hope that needle points to you. Or you hope it points to magnetic north so you can get your bearings straight. This is so much the God of self. The Bible says in six places in the four Gospels, if you love your life, in the Greek, self, suke, you will lose it. If you hate your life for my sake, you shall find life, the God kind of life, Zoe, everlasting, abundantly. <sighs> Folks, Jesus has given us the words of life. Will we recognize them? Sin is brokenness, but we certainly do not celebrate sin, a.k.a. brokenness. We heal it with the gospel. If you continue in my word, then you will be my disciple. Then you will know the truth. Then you will be set free. You will know the truth and be set free. John 8, 36, four verses later says, who, he who knows the Son, he who's been set free, he, he who has the Son has freedom, has life. Do we have the Son, Jesus, the Son, 
Do we share the Son, Jesus, in our daily walk with people? Hello, how are you? Yeah, I just want to tell you about this. I want to tell you about Jesus Christ. Let's get together on this, you know. You can have a lot of fun doing it. You end up in restaurants. I love to mess with white people because most of them are real outgoing and they'll talk to you and then you kind of start a subject and then you catch them. And always leave them a good tip. Don't leave them a dollar and a $40 meal and a dollar tip. Six people, and <laughs> well, I don't guess you feed six people for 40 bucks anymore, but. <laughs> you know what I mean? Gospel is very clear that we must die to self, pick up our cross daily, not give up, do whatever we want, say whatever we feel like, and create a God in our own image. That's what we've done. As you know, back in the garden, we go. Genesis 3.1. I'll be closing in just a few minutes. Genesis 3.1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat fruit. Sound like I'm going through puberty again. From the tree in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. That's pretty plain. Verse 4. You will not certainly die. The serpent said to the woman, For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Did it freak you out, Cammie? <laughs> he, he, he's telling them, you can decide your own good and evil. That lie, it was the original lie that caused the fall, and it's still around today, and it's around in every cult that you'll find, because all they want is your soul. The thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. I wanted to bring this message as a responsibility that I have to you, number one, to let you know that if we are in the end of the end times, it's going to be serious. But number two, more than that, more than that, we have an opportunity for revival. Amen. And God is long-suffering. Yes, and if I'd been God, I'd blown the U.S. up a long time ago. <laughs> Somebody else says, I'm sure glad you ain't. <laughs> yeah, we had enough abortions to earn death for sure. But... The third thing is that right now, no matter what happens, there are liars out there and we need to have the discernment of God, the knowledge of the Word of God, discernment by the Spirit of what's going on. And that's the reason that people are not in... You know how many people have left church during COVID and hadn't gone back yet? Oh my gosh. Those people are subject 
to failure in every aspect. They don't have a good-looking pastor talking to them. And they don't have a bunch of sweet people like you hugging on them and telling them how, much, how good they look and how excited you are about the things of God and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We thank God for what He is doing in our lives. We thank God for the fact that we have the blessed hope in Jesus. Hope has a name, we sang this morning. His name is Jesus. It, praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. His name is Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The most wonderful name I know. Jesus gives us opportunity to walk and to grow each and every day in our lives. We haven't arrived. We've not, you know, we're not there yet as far as knowing everything and having the, 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 uh, the uh, relationship with God that we really could have. But it's there for you today. And he walks with me and he talks with me. Along life's narrow way. Yeah. And the voice I hear coming oh so near. Yeah. We ought to do that hymn sometime. Yeah. We have to call it a harm now. Some of you will get that tomorrow. <laughs> we could have fun at church, right? Yeah. It's, it's not a drudgery. We know the answer. We know his name. Yes. And we know intimacy with him. And we know the word of God enriches us, encourages it, rebukes and admonishes too. But we need that. And we welcome that. It's a fool who despises correction. The wise person receives it with joy. Boy, that hurt real good, but I'm sure glad I you know, got that out of my system now. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God knowing good and evil. And I'll address more on that next week. Progressives may be well-meaning people, and I believe a lot of them are. After all, many of the members of the Christian cults are well-meaning people. Let's remember if they do not repent and believe the gospel, they will be eternally separated from God in a more than excruciating place called hell. In closing, some other progressive things that they espouse. And this is pretty much across the board. Many are seeker-sensitive organizations on steroids. Anything to get people in. Many are online operations which go against biblical fellowship as well as eliminate most of the possibilities of any accountability in their life. While often being extremely talking about compassion, they pervert truth into doctrines of devils. Compassion's awesome. We have to, Jesus was moved with compassion and did miracles. But Jesus was the truth. So it's the truth with a compassionate heart. We, sometimes I weep at people that are mixed up with this stuff because I see what their destiny is if they don't change. And I see them emulating things, the pictures of drag queens in first and second, third grade classes. It's not one school in America, it's quite a few of them. We have to have compassion to reach people. 
We need to love the sinners. You are one, but now you're not. You've been washed. You've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that was the old person. Now you're walking in the newness of the life of Jesus Christ. Can you grab somebody else's hand and bring them in? Can you grab somebody else and say, hey, I've got some good news for you. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you have any unchurched Christians, supposedly, or in Oklahoma City area? They don't go to church. They don't practice that. They're wasting away spiritually. We're not the only church in town. There's, there's more good ones somewhere. Joke. There are a lot of Christian churches in Oklahoma City who will nourish people. There's a lot of them that are eh, seeker-sensitive. And there's a lot of them that are just in the era, like progressive Christianity, which is not Christianity at all. Let me finish here with some truths out of what they do believe. When you get more into it, you know, you open the door and then you walk in and everybody smiles and talks about how sweet you are or how sweet the church is or whatever. Then they start feeding you their doctrines of devils. Here a little, there a little. What's the purpose of the cross? Jesus went to the cross as the payment for our sins not to have us empathize with others that have been afflicted. Now, if you can get that out of there, that's fine. But the truth of it is, he was the only one that went to the cross that mattered. The rest of them were thieves and liars, rapists, murderers. The depravity of sin is non-existent. Isn't that something Jesus is not the only way. I've heard this same guy say, John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, the life, no man comes to the Father except through me. He said, well, Jesus is a way. And all he was saying was, if you come to me, I'll take you to God. But you can use, you can use any other religion to get that too. And he literally says that. Any religion will get you to God if you seek. Jesus is not God. Not real sure what happened after the, resur uh, after the uh, death and burial of Jesus Christ and what happened after the resurrection, if there was one. All you need to do is want, obey the one law of God, and that's to love your neighbor. They don't even say to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Just love your neighbor. The Bible is not authentic. Parts of it are good. We just need to take the parts out where Jesus was talking to people and helping people. How about the part, Mr. Prophet, that says, Woe to me, you scribes, you Pharisees. You make the doctrine of hell twice as bad as your own, your converts. What about that? Snakes, vipers. The only people he called that were the religious people, the religious leaders, who are also the governmental leaders. Don't believe in the bodily resurrection of the dead. Their hope has a name. It's called death. Yeah. 
There ain't no hell. That pretty much is about every cult you can think of. Nobody wants to say there's a hell because they're in their sins. Any religion will work for you. Why don't they just go join the Muslims or the Hindus and get out of the church of Jesus Christ? Well, they don't preach love like you guys do. Being a Christian is having something that works for you and lets you serve your neighbor. Nothing about glorifying God or the lordship of Jesus Christ. Just beware. You're going to meet somebody the next day is coming that's in one of these or is thinking about one of them. And they might not even know what it is. They just may have been accepted because cults are really good at gathering people and putting them into their group. I've seen it happen, literally happen, with homosexuality. Bring in a, a heterosexual that has issues, problems, stuff, and the homosexual reaches out to them and brings them into their group, make them a convert. There are a lot of other religions going around today. They're false demons. There's only one way to Jesus Christ, only one way to the Father, and it's through Jesus. There's only one that died for your sins, my sins, was dead and buried, and was raised from the dead to prove everything he said was true. He even prophesied his own death, burial, and resurrection. Can you believe that? He did. It was written. We've gone through Isaiah 52 and 53 several times the last month or so. I'll be back there again pretty soon probably. It's so important. And that, that's being Old Testament. It'll reach some people that may not reach the New Testament. Same time, the New Testament agrees with it. Check your heart out. Check your heart to make sure that you're being obedient to the Holy Spirit and, and you're asking him, who can I talk to this day? Who can I talk to this week? How, how can I do it? Would you lead me and guide me, Holy Spirit? Would you lead me to somebody and make a connection with me so that I can share the good news with them? then leave the results up to him, okay? One plants, one waters, and God gives the increase. I know in my life, I got a lot of planting and a lot of watering. It took some time. But I praise God that he got through this old fixed call. I praise God that people kept asking me, three people that I know of for sure were praying for me for a a while, <laughs> it wasn't a day or two. All of those things, God took it and turned it for my good so I could fall in love with Jesus, so I could help spread the gospel of his good news, so I could be the father, the, the husband that I need to be to my kids and the father to my kids and grandkids and great-grandkids. And the great, great ones, you know, I stick around here long enough. Leah's only three, but, you know, she's got plenty of time, right? <laughs> well, by the grace of God, I do too, so hallelujah. God is so good and awesome. Don't take this for granted. One thing I love to share with people is that Christianity is not about Sunday. 
Sunday is a very important part because we get to assemble together and we get to share the word and the presence of God and all those things. Group worship, group studying. See your smiling faces. That's all great. But it doesn't stop when we walk out of here on Sundays. It's every day of our lives. Let your light shine, baby. Let the goodness of God ooze forth from you. Let the world know that you love Jesus and that he loves you. Be the salt of the earth. Put flavor into the life of people. Children, young people, adults, the elderly. It makes no difference wherever you are. You are the light. You are the salt. You are the messenger. You are the ambassador. You are anointed to bring forth life. Let the Holy Spirit do the work and do whatever he says to do. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for your precious word, your fantastic presence. We thank you for Church of Tomorrow being these people gathered today and others. We thank you, Lord, that you're building a life in the Spirit through us, to us, for us, and an outreach that would come and bring people into the presence of you, our God who is you and that they would know the same God that we do, and they would have a deep understanding of you because we're all spending time together with your word by your spirit in worship and praise and understanding. Father, this is better than any rocket ship ride to the moon. This is being with you and walking in you and you being our God and us being your people each and every day of our lives. Father, we thank you that this whole country could be turned upside down by the love of Jesus Christ in truth. And Lord God, we thank you that we can do our part as anointed by you. Holy Spirit, anoint us to be your messengers as only you can and will. May it be for the glory of the Lamb of God in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Pastor Kelly. We need to hear things like this, don't we? We need to embrace this, understand what's going on, because the enemy goes around as a what? Roaring lion. What is he going to do? Seeking whom he what? Will devour. Okay, And we've got a lot of people who don't understand the word very deeply. And when you don't understand the word very deeply, what can happen to you? You'll be deceived. There is deception going on all over the world today. You know, I was, I was uh, in preparing for, uh, this is our Sunday to look at missions again. And uh, behind me, uh, will we have some pictures up there? Oh, just now, yeah. Uh, we support two different uh, Easter Doss. I just call them both their Easter Doss, their last name. Very dear friends of Pastor Dan, and I got to be acquainted with uh, one of them a couple years ago. Um, they work in the ministry, uh, spreading the gospel, spread, uh, going to different places around India, 
Uh, they've got many churches that are under them. Uh, they have a school. They have an orphanage. I think one of them has an orphanage, right? And so there's so many things they're doing for the cause of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And we have the opportunity to give. Uh, and so uh, if you have opportunity or you think that you want to be a part of that, you know, you can give. And we have opportunities, you know, online. Where you, it, uh, in the upper corner, it, it has a little, uh, what do you call those things that come down? Drop down, yeah. And you can find on there how to give uh, into missions. Uh, or you can use the envelope there in the back. But uh, I just wanted to share a few statistics that I found regarding India. And it goes somewhat in line with what Pastor Dan is saying. We think we've got progressive Christianity moving around in America. Okay? Uh, this... A person that was uh, giving statistics, most Indian Christians say that they still believe in karma. Well, that's not even biblical. They're mixing karma with Christianity. Uh, almost a third of them believe in reincarnation. That's Hindu. So they have, they have a hard time releasing, getting rid of some of their old life. Uh, almost a third, uh, in fact, it is a third of Christian of uh, Indian Christians believe that the Ganges River, okay, that big large river that's uh, in, in India, that it has power to purify. So they get into the river and so they can be purified. And they're Christians, okay? It's quite an interesting thing. This, this issue of, of mixing and taking what we like, okay, uh, out of the gospel and then holding on to things that we still want to believe in is worldwide. And just because we're Christian doesn't mean that we don't have those battles. It's a battle of self. Look at your neighbor and say self. We want to be God. Hello? When we get down to it, that's where, where it's at, okay? And so I wanted to just share that with you, okay, that they too deal with these things, okay? And they have to be aware, okay, of what's going on around them. They don't, we don't want them to be deceived either. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, we don't want them to be deceived. And so I just wanted us to remember that as, as we uh, lift up India. Father, I just thank you. We thank you for the Christians in India, that as they come to know you, Father, that your word is going to go deep into them. And as they're discipled, Father, they're willing, willing to get release all the old life that they once held on to. And they go into the life that is found in Christ Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for the blood that sets them free. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wanted to uh, share with with the um, offering time, I was uh, brought to the place where um, it, during Moses' time, the people of God, they were asked to give to the work of the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, it's good to give. And we have a work of the Lord taking place right here, whether it's uh, reaching out to ministries in, in other nations or if it's uh, doing things right here at home. Just the normal everyday activities that take place in the church, in this building. Uh, that it, There's something about giving to the Lord. And when Moses shared about giving, okay, and that they were doing a work, Okay, they were getting ready to build the work of the Lord. The people gave. Everyone say, the people gave. 
the people gave and they 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 continued giving and it just kept on going and going and going and going and going and going. And finally, Moses actually had to say, stop your giving. Wow, I wonder if that could happen today. Look at your neighbor and go, hmm. <laughs> but in 1 Chronicles 29.9, it says, The people rejoiced at the willing response of the leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to God. And as we give to the work of the Lord that's taking place here, okay, let us be in that place where we say, thank the Lord that we have given freely, we've given wholeheartedly to the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. So we know the process of giving, whether it be through text, whether it be through the online, or whether it just simply go to the, the envelope there in the back and give. But give, okay, because it's so wonderful to give. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, it is wonderful to give. Hallelujah. And so uh, some other announcements. Pastor Dan shared with it earlier. This Wednesday, everyone say, this Wednesday. We're going to have praise, worship, and prayer night. Okay, it's going to be a magnificent time. There's going to be on-stage worship. Okay, and of course, we, we, we know how to worship God with our instruments, too. Our, called our hands and our voices. Okay, yeah. We all have instruments to praise and worship the Lord, don't we? Amen? Hallelujah. We're not spectators. We are what? Participators. We're participators in the presence of God. Hallelujah. And then following that on Thursday night and Friday night, uh, we are going to have uh, uh, some more opportunities, okay, for God to do a mighty work. Amen. So bring people, hallelujah, that need the Lord, being people that uh, maybe they're interested in coming in any way or you think they might be interested. Uh, and it's going to, Pastor Dan said it's going to be a 10 to 15 minute message. So we all want to come just to see if that's going to actually happen. <laughs> You've heard signs and wonders and follow, we'll follow those who believe. Uh, we, we're, we're that, okay? And if he does that, that's sure a sign right there. <laughs> of course, to keep me less than 15 minutes, even more so would be... <laughs> But um, uh, it's called the time of with Yahweh. Everyone say Yahweh. Yahweh. Time with Yahweh. Okay, Thursday and Friday night services. Hallelujah. Uh, I want to remind you that the following Wednesday, we start again with the uh, Awe of God series, okay, uh, with the book. And we encourage you, if you haven't started, uh, I've got books available. If you're interested, come to me. The, we suggest $20, whatever you can give. If you can't, then we'll, we'll make something happen. Amen? Stand. Hallelujah. Halal. Halal means praise. You and then Yah means God. Praise you, God. So when we say praise God, when we say hallelujah, we're saying that very thing. Hallelujah. And if you're in, 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 in Mexico, sometimes they say hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
There might be some other places. Maybe I just made it up. I don't know. It just sounded good. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I know that in, in uh, Japan, I had this uh, mission. Uh, she was a missionary. Now she was a co-worker of mine for years at school. And she uh, uh, was in Japan for many years. And they go, hallelujah. It's like, how do you, how do you do? How do you, how do, how do do ya? <laughs> What's yours? Hallelujah. Okay, well, I don't know about that one. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, let's lift our hands. Father, we thank you for the word that has gone forth today. We thank you for the time of coming together to worship you, to hear your word, to digest your word. And now it's going to be a time of processing and then releasing it and activating it. We thank you, Father, that your word, your unmitigated, pure and undefiled word is going to come forth. It's going to be seen for what it is. And we thank you for those who will accept that word and go forth with greatness and power. And that's, Father... We're going to bring that this week in Jesus' name. For your presence goes with us all through the week. And we bless you and thank you for the results in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. If you need prayer, come up and we'll pray with you. Have a great week, everybody.